Tales of the Free Cities, Season 2, The Free Cities Draft. Episode 6, Honour. The crowd exploded raucously, bellowing their approval as Bushel's strike hammered into the opposition post. Hands held tightly to her ears, face split by a huge grin, Cammy turned to face Amber. It's so much louder than I thought! A veteran of more games than she could remember, Amber merely nodded. In truth, she was more interested in the stadium than the game on the pitch. Once upon a time, Rupaltine had been home to a magnificent cathedral, its dizzying spires and towers rivalling even those found in the Holy City. Well known as the world's tallest building, it had been a proud landmark for several hundred years prior to the Century Wars. At the outbreak of the conflict, it, along with most of the other buildings in the coastal city, had been pulverised to dust by the Raidland Navy and their cannons. Reduced to rubble, and choked through by weeds, the ruins had been left to their ignoble fate until the emergence of Guildball, when interest in building new stadiums swept through the newly unified empire. Where the grand hall of the ruined cathedral had been, a grey-stoned pitch was constructed, with its old pillars smashed to provide cover and obstacles, and its emptied crypts converted to entrance styles. Ancient sandstone sat uncomfortably with slowly ageing granite, their colours a stark contrast. This was a unique and prestigious venue, one of the most famous pitches in the world and the annual home of the first semi-final playoff in the Sovereign States Championship. Interestingly, Amber detected more than a shade of religious reverence running through the crowd too. Perhaps this was because the rookies stood in the farmers' stands, those supporters nearly all devout Salthesians. But Amber suspected the inscribed stone and iconography still present, had more than a little to do with it. Cammy's attention returned to the game, along with the rest of the rookies, and Amber took the opportunity to slip away. Their presence at the semi-final was a rare and welcome break in their punishing regime, but she cared little for the match itself. Being so uncertain as to which team might claim her in the draft left Amber feeling uncomfortably mercenary. She couldn't bring herself to cheer on either team, in case she found herself lacing up her boots for their rivals in a few weeks' time. She was more interested in exploring the remarkable surroundings. Moving quickly, she elbowed her way through the crowd until she could drop down through the rows and into the catacombs. The air was far cooler down here than in the direct sunlight above, where the press of bodies made the heat even more unbearable. It was quieter too, the thick sandstone muffling the stamping feet and cheering overhead as Amber crept deeper into the lonely darkness. Most of the chambers she saw had either been sealed off, or their walls had been knocked down to expand the passage. Amber passed through these with sorrow in her heart to see history so defaced. She glided quietly along, one hand pressing onto the cool stone and tracing ancient letters carved into the surface. She didn't recognise any of the language, but that wasn't surprising. Neither the Solthesian faith nor the Scholars Guild could say for sure when the cathedral had been constructed, 
let alone the crypts and antechambers below ground. These glyphs could have existed before even the sovereign states came into existence. The idea both fascinated and awed her. The decision to rebuild these ruins as a stadium, instead of returning it to a place of worship, had seemed bizarre to her at first, but then, perhaps not upon reflection. The times were changing. Once people had streamed to the cathedral to hear the word of the august lord. Now the trail led to the same place, just as devoutly, but only changed the religion. It was a sign of the times that the supreme order of Solthesius had been established by the church, so concerned were they of losing influence throughout the empire of the free cities. A polite cough startled her from her reverie. Amber span on her heel in alarm, only for her pulse to slacken when she saw Champ back the way she'd come. The other woman leant on a pillar, watching her curiously. Her body language betrayed only her usual tension, one of her habitually folded arms hanging loose by her side. Saw you slip away. You don't care much for the game? Amber shook her head, but remained silent. She and Champ hadn't spoken since their last game together, when she abandoned Lane. She didn't harbour any resentment towards Champ after what had happened, but was unsure how to bridge the awkwardness. Champ did it for her with her usual directness, though her tone held an uncertainty Amber had never before heard. So, listen, just so you know, I feel pretty bad about your man. I mean, it wasn't my fault. I didn't give him the pipe that smoked his life away. She stopped, her cheeks colouring slightly. Amber looked away. But I also didn't help much. I spend so much time pushing everyone. Sometimes people's feelings get lost in the scrum. Champ's voice sounded increasingly pained. Guess I just don't understand that. For me, there's always fire left in my belly. I want to be the best, Amber. And I want the same for all of you, too. Amber regarded her. Clearly this wasn't easy. She respected Champ for coming forward and wasn't about to make reconciliation difficult. I know that. We all do. Even with all the spitting and cursing. Champ grimaced. You think so? I've learned more choice words than I care to remember since signing up for the draft. Definitely. And nobody blames you for what happened to Lane. Just saying his name was hard. He made his own decisions. I, we should have been there to help him. I should have been there. Tears threatened to form, but Amber pushed past them. That burden will sit with us all, I think, for a very long time. But we can't wallow in self-pity. That won't achieve anything or help him now. She crossed the gap between the two women and gave Champ a friendly, if awkward, hug. Much to her relief, her friend embraced her back. The tears deepened at the edge of her eyes. Damn, when did you get so strong? Amber laughed as she relinquished the hold. My wet eyes say otherwise. Even so, you're not the same girl I used to know. She ran away from everything. Amber considered the words. For the first time, she saw that she had grown. She'd become far more pragmatic and resilient than she'd ever thought she'd need to be. The realisation had a bittersweet undertone. She'd likely never have found this side of herself if she hadn't been cut loose from the Brewers' Guild. Still, for all of that... She could only imagine how proud Tapper would be of her. I think we're all there now, each and every one of us. We came together for the draft and found ourselves 
built this strength alongside each other. Almost all of us. Aye. Lane couldn't keep up. There was so much pressure on him. Champ nodded. So, what do we do? A sustained roar from above echoed through the tunnels. Amber guessed the game had been won. Her gaze turned upwards, as if she could see through the stone to the field above. Lane's plight was no different than playing Gilball, she realised. When you were down, you dug in deeper and kept going. Gave it your all. We don't give up. No one gets left behind. Hey, Flea! Flea! Over here! Amber heard the call as plain as day. The female voice echoing around a rapidly emptying stadium following the farmer victory. If it reached Flea's ears, he chose to ignore it. Turning his head in the opposite direction, the young lad attempted to walk away nonchalantly, ineffectively trying to push his way past a bemused Knuckles. Amber couldn't get her head around that boy, even after all these weeks. Impossibly timid and unassuming, he never seemed to quite fit in with the rest. At first she'd thought it was his age, two years younger than the next youngest rookie. Flea seemed far more of a child than the others. The more of an effort she'd made to get to know him, though, the more Amber came to realise how wrong that conclusion was. Flea was voraciously intelligent, intuitive and witty, but he was crippled by shyness. Without fail, he joined them around the campfire, but never did more than cross his legs and listen intently. The only way to get a word out of him was to ask him directly, and even then he sheepishly shrugged most queries off. His past was a mystery as a result. Gaffer had suggested he was born a farmer from the way he spoke, but Amber wasn't so sure. His accent was jarring with any colloquialism she heard. The only time Flea seemed to be truly animated was when he had some stray or other with him. The lad was never shy about taking in homeless mongrels, and he found them everywhere. When all of the other rookies edged away, afraid of lice and ticks, Flea would snuggle up to his new friend, petting and stroking its fur lovingly. It wasn't just the portions of his rations he fed them which got their attention either. Animals of all sorts genuinely seemed to gravitate towards Flea and his humble demeanour. After several attempts to get anything out of him during the first few weeks, Amber had finally given up. She hated to see one of their number on the outside looking in, but Flea seemed content. Happy, even. She always gave his mutts a wide berth, though. She suspected they had more than a little to do with his nickname. Flea! Don't you dare run away from me again, you hear? The owner of the voice was laughing despite her recrimination. Suddenly, Bushel burst through a crowd of people, her plaid shirt trailing behind her. The young woman waved a raised hand frantically, trying to get Flea's attention. Amber wasn't the only one wearing a stunned expression, although Flea instead looked terrified. The farmer reached them at last, all smiles for the group. She was much taller and thinner up close, Amber thought. No doubt drills on the proving ground had toned her until she had the taut energy of an engineer's spring. Her fingers seized Flea by the collar and dragged him into a reluctant embrace. Don't think you'll get away from me that easily. She sat him down and ruffled his hair, then looked around. Won't you introduce me to your friends? Flea mumbled something in the direction of the other rookies. Grinning, Bushel immediately took charge of the situation. She spat on her hand and wiped it on her overalls before offering it outstretched. Hey y'all, I'm Bushel. It's nice to meet ya. 
None of them seemed to know quite how to react to that. This woman was a world champion, yet here she was as plain as day and twice as friendly, talking to them like they were equals. And the fact she seemed to be a close friend of Flea's was mind-boggling. Apparently, Gaffer had been right all along. Nomad was the first to break the silence, taking the handshake for the group. Bushalai, that is, I'm a big fan. We all are. It's an honour to make your acquaintance. Ah, shucks. You don't have to worry about airs around me. Nothing so special to see here. Her jaws split in a wide grin. I should be saying the same about you anyways. The rookies for the draft come to see us, huh? I've heard all about you. All of us have been gossiping in the dugouts. Amber blinked away her disbelief. They had? Bushel looked at her and winked. Especially you. I think me, you're the chosen one. Before Amber could react, Bushel gently tugged at Flea's sleeve. And you, mister, are coming with me. Fancy running out on all of us like that. Everyone's missed you. There was another double take from the group. Suddenly not only did poor, quiet Flea know Bushel, but he also knew the rest of the Farmers Guild side on a name basis. They were the most celebrated team in the world, no less, and overwhelmingly favourites to take the title again this year. It almost didn't make sense. Another figure approached behind Bushel. So, you found him. Did the rascal try to get away again? If Bushel had left the group lost for words, most looked like they were ready to fall to one knee for honour. The First Lady looked far less stern than Amber had always imagined her. Grown out to cascade down her back and turned gold from long days in the sun, her thick hair lent her a comely aura. The lines on her face were lost to a deepening tan, granting her a youthful glow. But it was her eyes, kindly and maternal, which spoke volumes. Apparently she was getting stronger too. Even after the exhausting game she'd just played, she barely leant on the stick by her side. A shaggy sheepdog snuffled around her heels, ears flopping side to side as she bent down to scratch his neck. Amber felt like she'd stepped into a dream. Yesterday she'd woken miserable, her mind still reeling from the tragedy which had befallen Lane. During practice, she tried not to drag her heels, doing her best to ignore the ache in her legs. At the end of the day, she'd puked her guts up and had to force herself to remember why she was pushing herself so hard. Today, she stood in one of the most prestigious stadiums in the world, talking on name terms with the world champions. He said they'd been following her progress. It didn't get much better than this. She'd never dreamed this could happen, even with the support of the Brewers Guild behind her in the years past. But Honor took all of that and made it feel irrelevant. The First Lady of Guild Ball had likely done more for promoting the game and fair play than any other individual in the history of the sport. She stood as the aspirational symbol of a generation. A championship was transient, a fixed accolade from a single point in time. A legend transcended the ages. Honor caught most of the rookies staring, but her eyes seemed to settle on Amber. I know you. I was sorry to hear you'd been exiled. I'd been told you had good potential. Amber's ears burned as she felt the envious glares of just about every other rookie. Honor's steady voice was the polar opposite of her own pounding heart, which seemed ready to explode in the chest. The First Lady looked away from Amber and addressed the rest of the group. So at last we meet. I'd hoped to see you all before the draft and wish you my best. You're at the forefront of an exciting new era for Guildball. She offered them a friendly smile. I'm almost jealous. Next to her, Bushel matched the grin with one of her own, 
but most of the rookies were still too shocked to return the gesture, much less reply. Undeterred, Honor continued, I'm no scout able to tell you the best way to get a guild's attention, but here's the best advice I'll ever give a player, especially one starting out. Most of the rookies managed to overcome their nerves and lean closer, eager to hear her words. Don't let yourself think you're not good enough. You may not be a flint, or a brisket, or whoever else you look up to, but chances are you're damn well showing the potential they did at your age. The natural instinct in all of us is to elevate the men and women in the big leagues to myths. But if you ever catch yourself doing that, you deserve a slap across the face. We're just like you. We eat, we sleep, we bleed, we sweat. We make mistakes out there on the pitch. And sometimes we pay for them. Just like you. Honor surveyed the rookies, looking at each in turn. You ten represent the future of this game. Not even half the players on my squad can say the same, and even less on the other teams. You're starting out on this journey, and you have no idea yet just how vital you are. And if you let yourselves think that we're better than you, you've already lost. She looked at Bushel. That's what I struggled for so long to get into your head, lass, you remember? Bushel nodded. Cheeks stained by a touch of bashful red. The first lady turned back to the rookies. If you're here now, you're ready. That's all. The guilds wouldn't give you a second chance if they didn't think you could keep up. She looked at Amber again. So go out and claim your place. There isn't time for wallowing in self-doubt, not anymore. Amber felt like applauding. Her piece said... Honor nodded and slowly made to leave. Just before she'd completely turned away, she smiled at Flea. Come on, lad. You can come back to see the others and catch us up on your ma and da. I'll make sure you find your way back to the academy later. Lips parted in a rare grin. Flea followed after her, stroking the fur of her sheepdog as it loped along beside him. The rest watched in amazed silence. The Free Cities Draft was written by Sherwin Matthews and is the sole property of Steamforge Games Limited. It is reproduced here with their kind permission and their continued support. <laughs>